Good afternoon and welcome to the Hard Luck Show. I'm your certified, qualified West Side host, Steve Lucky Luciano. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into the greatest show on earth. It's the Hard Luck Show. Coming at you from the bunker in Southern California. Bringing heat from the street. Sitting across from me, my co-host. Is True Mahan Bone, American Indian, elegant barbarian, Southern Californian, been talking shit since I don't know when. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Come on, let's get fucking crazy up in here. We were two nights on the last show. Get braided up. Yeah. Come on. Get braided up, huh? Yeah. I am braided up right now. You should see the terror in the judge's eyes when he sees me walk in with braids. I'm like, motherfucking red man came back. Some justice gonna be had today. Gonna be some justice today. What was the tagline? We wear braids to court. Ovando Bowen, LLP. We wear braids to court. That's what you know, it's fucking savage. I'll tell you what, it's actually true. There's been a couple of times that I've walked in in corporate counsel on the other side when they look over. Mm-hmm. They were not prepared to see a guy with braids in a suit. Yep. Blows their fucking mind. Fuck them. Sean Lewis. Sean Old Lewis. Blue Eyes. Certified audio professional. Certified. Bitch, oh, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Now that's really ocean, man. He's finding himself at 11.30, 11.45. It's what talking about, man. Uh, for the hall. Number and her name. Look. That twinkles yeah. Come back. on. Come on. Show. Let this ride. She said I was the tiger. She wanted yeah. to turn. Oh, happy again. Yeah. Woo. I like that. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Fucking classy guy right man. here. Man. My dad used to get so drunk to this song. <laughs> would he be dancing around the living room? He would be drinking all night long. Yeah, he would be with a bunch of other Indians on the reservation, shit-faced, listening to Billy Ocean. Fucking it. Good time. Ain't no joke. Yeah, yeah, he is no joke. That's right. Don't fuck with so Billy Ocean. So we have a guest on. I've been playing... Phone tag with this gentleman. Email tag. Back and forth. We have an artist, man. And I I don't know exactly how I came in in crosshairs with uh, this gentleman. But I got turned on to him. I started seeing his art. I subscribed to, like, his email thing. And and constantly I'd get these blasts of this artwork. And I get a lot of artwork passing me by. But this art was very intentional art. Contemporary. Um, I'm not going to say what co- he's an artist. Right. And his art, his paintings are um, very intentional, very unapologetic. Um, they're not ex- like as soon as I capture his vision, the colors he constantly plays with, the gradients and stuff are, are shit that I'm into. 
But um, his explanations and his what he kind of lays out, I kind of like, I, I can just look at it and I'm like, yeah, I get it. And I really liked where it was coming from. Okay, I looked into him a little bit and I was like, man, I'd love to get this dude on the show, man. Hear his process. I don't know this gentleman, except through the conversations few that we've had. And uh, sure enough, we got him in. I, I kind of had to corner this guy, man, because this guy's busy, bro. It's like, yeah, I would, but I'm on my way to China. I would, but I'm on my way to, you know, New England. He's like constantly going and so we got him here and i just want to introduce you guys the artist the infamous the yes. very talented mr ruben rojas that's a big theme song to come on to, boy. Yeah, I asked, I asked Ruben, I'm like, hey, man, what's your song? He's like, well, I got franchise on fucking repeat. So. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. What's going on, Ruben? Not much. Welcome to the show, man. Happy to be here. Thank you yeah. for that intro. Wow. Dude, man. I mean, me and Chumahan talked about it, man. Chumahan was like, you know, my partner's a real sharp dude, you know? Yeah, he's a professor of law from Pepperdine. That's pretty right, right? The guy's also got a master's degree from UCLA Film School. You know what I'm saying? So the guy's extremely sharp. He has my back. And we talked about your artwork, and I would forward him things. And he does a lot of homework. You know what I'm saying? And and just Juwan's like, dude, man, this dude's badass. Are you going to be able to get this guy on our show? I go, yeah, bro. I'll get him on. Listen, we... we <laughs> First, we got to get past the handsome part, right? I mean, the guy yeah. comes in, he's fucking yo. I just want to look like this fucking guy for one hour. Yeah, that's all I want. Right? Just give me an hour. Looking he's like got this a bandana, guy. Yeah. right? He's like, yeah. listen, uh, my time short is a lot. My dance card. When he full. came in, there was yeah. like a herd of like these white doves that yeah. peeled back. Yeah, and exactly. the door opened up, bro. Right. That's I exactly. swear to God, there was I'm like harps playing when it came in. Chow Young Fat opens the door for this guy. If it's it doesn't fucking... work for him here, he could just model for the cover of like the novella. Fucking. Uh, he's probably been. All oh, his life, he's all his life they've been telling this guy that for sure. How many? Hey, hey, Ruben. So, I mean, so first of all, how how long have you been dealing with the handsome thing? Like, people are like, <laughs> seriously, how long have you been dealing with that? Yeah. <laughs> um. Look at he's trying to be modest. Yeah, Stop the modesty, like, Don. Like, he's like, how do I? Yeah. We tell the truth yeah, right come here. Come on, man. Come on. Like, were you the like, nurse that was slapping yeah, him was flirting with his exactly. ass, right? Yeah, his nanny almost ran away with him, right? <laughs> I mean, how do you even answer that? Yeah. Well, I mean, with the truth, man, with the truth. So, I mean, in high school, because part of the thing is, is like, how do I say this? And it's not really true, but the common approach to artists, right, is like, okay, so they're kind of wispy, thin dudes that are, you know, kind of like, you know, Edward Scissor, hand during or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But, like, you come in, you look like you could play QB for fucking USC or something, man. So what's, you were a jock, right? Yeah. What sport did you play? Football. What position did you play? So I played outside linebacker, did a little bit of running back. I also played soccer and I ran track. Man, and you were yeah. still doing art at that time, correct? Yes, but not in the capacity that we're at right now. Right, of course. Right. It was going to take time. So let me ask you this. Being a, a, a handsome sports guy, where did you go to school at? L.A. Baptist. In the Where's Valley. that? San Fernando Valley. Okay. okay. Doesn't exist anymore. It merged with another school, so now there's a bigger school, but small private school. And were you on good football teams? Like, were you guys winning? Yeah, we were top of the CIF for our division. At the time. Right. So was it hard for you to find a date in high school? 
<laughs> he said no. Nah. Look at that smile, bro. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Nah, I had to tell the teacher ladies to stay yeah. away from me. <laughs> right. Did you ever date a teacher? Come a on, few? man! Don't how fuck many? with me! Don't you mean fuck how me. many? Don't fuck with me because I went to school. I was on the football team. I wasn't anywhere in your category, but we had the our QB guy. Mm-hmm. I won't say his name, but it was definitely rumored that he and one of the female teachers. Yeah, we're. Hit it. Carrying on. We're carrying on. Maybe that's why I got straight A's. Hey, real straight A's, right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Yeah, no, no teachers on the resume that I know of. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. We don't want to get anybody in trouble. No one's saying anything. Listen, you're an honest man now. You're married. Is that right? I am. Uh, and what's your wife's name? Her name's Z. Z-E-E. How long have you been married? Two years, September. Nice. Wow. Two years in. Mm-hmm. I'm... Four, I'm gonna be, but I'm gonna be four years in tomorrow. Two years into the kid, four years into the marriage. Tomorrow, that's awesome. Tomorrow's our anniversary. I love you, baby. Thank you for our beautiful daughter. No matter what kind of weird, crazy shit I say on the show, you're my one and true. All right, get that there out of the way. But the thing is, is uh, so the, I think maybe, and that's probably what everybody starts with with you is, you were a suit, and then you became an artist. Correct? Yes. Do you understand that, Steve? Do you, you get that? I, I want to find, I want to understand more as we go. All right. Now, listen, whose idea was it that you were going to be a doctor? So, science was really easy for me, and I liked it, and it was good, but probably my parents, right? What, what do they tell you to do when you're growing up? They say, you go be a doctor, go be a, an attorney, go, go into finance, go become a banker. You know, it was more like get straight A's, do good, go get a degree. Science is easy for you? Yeah. Why? What makes science easy for you? Like, what is it that you you either like or don't like or you see or you don't see? What is it? I think it's because it was kind of like art. How so? Like the anatomy of a human body? Yeah. You start looking at it. Look at muscles, the way they connect to bones, things like that. Or you go into biology. Yeah. And electrophoresis. When you're doing these experiments and you see the DNA and stuff going out or the Krebs cycle and things like that, it just looked like art. But it was. It does look like art. Scientific stuff. So I think maybe that was the connection, but it just clicked for me. Right. And what science do you like the best? Do you like biology? You like uh, psychology, psychiatry? Any of those? Uh, I loved psychology at the time. Um, biology was everything that was the easiest. I actually was on a path to become an orthopedic surgeon. Right. So I got a degree in exercise science from right. CSUN, kinesiology. It was just the study of human movement. The way we move, yeah, it's incredible. What is it that people don't understand about the way we move? What, what do most people not understand that they don't get? That it's a dance, that it's all connected. Or if, you're, if your right shoulder hurts, yeah, it may be something totally across on your left side. Quick, chiropractors, real or fake? They're real. Wow, you see that? Oh, blue eyes. Oh, blue eyes is a doubter. I don't know. I don't know enough. <laughs> I don't know go. enough because you know there's a question in my in my head: Is it real or not? I've never been to a chiropractor. All right, all right, all right. Um, okay. So it's all the dance. It's all connected. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so was it your mom or your dad that said be a doctor, or did you choose yourself? I don't think either of them actually said it. Okay. Uh, so I chose myself. I mean, when I was a little kid, it was be a vet because I loved animals. I've had every animal under the sun. So I was like, okay, become a veterinarian. And we had to put a dog down. Oh. My, my Dobie, he got congestive heart failure. 
think it was 13 or 14. <sighs> it absolutely devastated. You, were down with, you weren't down with that. Huh? How old no, were you? No. 13 or 14. Around Damn. 13 or 14. And I was in the room when it all happened. Saw the breath go. Like oh. It was crushing. Plus, he was, he was just... He would pull me around on my skateboard. He was yoked and jacked. Yeah. He was amazing. He was six and a half years old. So, like, it wasn't even, he was prime of his time, but he had congestive heart failure. And so, kind of from that, you were thinking about medicine at some level. Yeah. Because maybe, what was your dog's name? Mister. So, maybe you could save Mister. Yeah. Man, did you see the vulnerability in his eyes when I said that? What about you? When was the first time that you had a pet or something die on you, Steve? No, uh, when I was a little kid, we didn't have any pets. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> I think that might be even sad. Yeah. You didn't ever. When was? No, did you ever no have pet. a dog ever in your life? Uh, yeah, I had one. Um, yeah, I had one. And did it die? No. Oh, Sean, when you, who's your first dog that died? Or animal? So, I mean, the dog was like in a, a dog, with a relationship, and then she took the dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a dog for a very long time and then my um, stepdad and my mom got divorced and my stepdad took the dog away. How hard was that on you? That was very hard because that was my dog. What was their dog's name? Duke. Named after one of the G.I. Joe. Duke. Mm. God damn. So you lost that in the divorce and it wasn't even your fault. Yeah. Why did he take the fuck? Why did he take your dog? I don't know. My mom didn't want the dog. I don't I'm not sure why. That's fucked up. That tells me more about you, my friend. When I was when I was um little, we had a dog named Big Bear. Mm-hmm. And the dog didn't die, but my the he was part Timberwolf, part German Shepherd. Mm-hmm. And I would hang on to his tail and he would pull me around on my little roller when mm-hmm. I was a little kid, like three. And my dad said that he growled one time and he thought, man. I can't have that. So he sent him to Pennsylvania to a farm to live. When I was 11 years old, I went to that farm. This is a true story, man. Come on, dog. I swear to God. Come on. I swear to God. Listen, Godfather Lou Pomerico lives in Pennsylvania. Okay. His buddy was the farmer. Dog, smell you coming off the plane. I. <laughs> Almost, I get to As the, the car's driving up. It's his nose and his ears are all twitching. He would listen. He greeted me at the door. No, this is what happened. So I go to the farmer's play, right? And it's yeah. Big Bear. I'm gonna, and I'm there specifically. My dad took me there to visit Big Bear. Okay. All right. The farmer opens up the door, and he calls Big Bear. And Big Bear comes, and I kid you not, as soon as he smelled me, he jumped up, put his paws on my shoulders, and licked my face, and I cried like a baby. Uh. Well, that's I mean, I cried so hard. Anyway, um, all right. So you're thinking medicine. I don't know where we're going with all that. That's got to be in a movie too. Here, you know where we're going with that? Yeah, go ahead. Something I always say: I think humans don't deserve dogs. Oh, I agree. With so you. good. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? The, I mean, you want to talk about love? Yeah. The yeah. unconditional love mm. of a dog. Yeah. Right. The loyalty. Right. I mean. I could never go to even beating a dog. I don't understand how people do oh, it, but yeah, still, right. you've seen it, and that dog still loves that owner. What about making people like making dogs fight each other for money? Oh, oh hell, God. that's just yeah, ridiculous. That's fucked up, man. That's crazy, right? You have a dog now? Yeah, his name's Tuesday. He's amazing. Oh, I think I've seen it on your Instagram, yeah, right? What he, kind of dog is he? He's an Australian Labradoodle. Right. Uh, wow. And I've had a few dogs in my life. He's literally been the smartest dog i've ever had what is the smart thing that he does 
That's everything. He speaks English. Get Damn. the fuck out of here. <laughs> He'll drive to the corner market and get some cream. Almost, He's a th- yeah. The Almost. dog's a therapist. He'll have you sit on the yeah. couch and yeah. ask you questions. Oh, for sure. Excellent. Yeah. Um, all right. So, so then why didn't you become a doctor? What happened? Uh, so I got the degrees. I did all the things. And at, during the last couple of years of college, I was a personal trainer. That's how I paid for college and got through it. And a buddy said, hey, come try out real estate. So I made just under 18K my first month in real estate. I'm like, okay, so I can be fat, bald, 37 when I graduate because I wanted to be a surgeon. So that's a lot of school. Right. Mm -hmm. And a half a million dollars in debt. Or this real estate thing's kind of cool. Because of the money. Yeah. Because of the money. Because of the money. All right. So hold on. So Steve, think about this, right? Because I've listened to some of your various interviews, so I kind of know the basic backstory, right? Mm -hmm. But here we got Ruben Rojas, right? Got Ruben Rojas. We got Ruben Rojas. All right. Listen. Listen to this show. Yes. You know, best buddy passes away is a congenital thing. It's a heartbreak. 13. Then... You know, he's good at science and he's thinking like, maybe I can help other dogs or people, whatever. I could do this. Then he gets to this place where he's got to make a decision, a fork in the road. It's a fork in the road. It's going to be a a surgeon or is he going to go into real estate? Mm -hmm. I can't think of two wider fucking forks, bro. Mm -hmm. That's pretty. That's almost like a a T. That's a T. That ain't a fork. That's a T. And it was easy money and you realized... Maybe I'm just gonna go towards the easy money. What what time period are we talking about for that? Early twenties. No, um, decades. Like oh, are you two thousand? So two thousand five. Think four about or this. Five. So we all know what happens in two thousand eight. Oh, yeah. right, 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 right. We all know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we also know what was going so on in two thousand five. Years, five years prior to it. Right. right yeah. Right. Exactly. We all know that like the oh. money trains are leaving. You're either getting on that fucker or you're gonna be Mister Broke for the rest of your life. Right. And so here comes handsome. Fucking Ruben Rojas, man. How tall are you, Ruben? Six foot. Yeah, six foot, wide shoulders. Million dollar smile. Million dollar smile, mm-hmm. right? I mean, dude, who's not going to buy a house from this guy? Right, why wouldn't you buy a house from Yeah, Ruben? exactly, right? I'm sure right. all, Mr. These, Rojas. all these older rich uh, yentas were like, show me around the, show me some houses, yeah. uh, Mr. Rojas. You <laughs> know I, mean? I want to see what's, right? Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> Can you narrate the rest of my life? <laughs> I mean, it was kind of like that, right? I mean, it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, it's a people business. It is. It's a people business. And and um, so you do that. It looks like it's working. And then all of a sudden, or at some point, right? So tell us the high point of real estate for you. What did you have? What were you? What was going on? What did I have? So during this time, you know, I'm young, dumb, and full of come right so early 20s what are you measured by in this country shit that you have shit that you have so what did i have houses boats bikes 26 inch rims on a brand new escalade yeah that and the boat matched it so like you had these things and you thought okay you get measured by your success by what you amass and what you show off right later as we know we'll get into well wait wait Let's, I want to just, let's live the dream. Because you know how many idiot young men are listening to this show right now and they're like, yeah, what's the problem? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? I mean, 
I'm sorry, but I just turned on the fucking, I'm looking at YouTube videos and all of my favorite artists are in Escalades with Gumport smoking dope and fucking blah, 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 hitting mm-hmm. bitches. Banging out strippers. Yeah, yeah exactly, right? Oh, yeah. Like, you, you walk into the club, you're, you got the table at the front. Hey, come on in. I got your table. You're in with all the girls. You have all this stuff. And it's. Did you have an entourage at all? Like, were you walking around where there, were there people with you? <laughs> I wouldn't call it an entourage. Oh! <laughs> we had, we had friends. A, we had friends. Right. Yeah. So you and like what restaurants would you go like would you just like drop in at fucking Nobu and just be like look uh give me the fucking front table I'm on first name basis with Chef Morimito or whatever his name is No I didn't really do the restaurant thing What did you do foodie. We did the clubs Yes so how do you clubs. do a club right cuz a lot of from my friends are schlubs and they never do a club yeah. right in their fucking life You have to get a table Yeah <laughs> you have to get a yeah. table if you're going to do this I don't do this anymore Of course but that one day I may find myself, we've got to get the table. Yeah. Right. So that's what Absolutely. you have to do. I love that. I got to see that. Steve, you are the kind of guy that got the table, right? You seem like to, that sure, type of thing. Sean, yeah. have you ever gotten a table at a club? Uh, Yeah. You did? Yeah. It's home base. I've never gotten a table. I've never gotten a table. Mainly because I'm too cheap. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I'm like, mm, I'll just go home. <laughs> I don't need to deal with that. But it's home base. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, so what don't people understand? How are you supposed to act when you get the table at the club? Like, what don't people understand about that? How are you supposed to act? Yeah, how do you supposed don't to act? Don't act like you see on TV. <laughs> you got to act like it's just like no big deal. Yeah, just that, yeah. It's, right? It's, like it happens every day. Yeah, be authentic. You still right. got to be authentic. You do. Yeah. You can't fake the funk even when you got a club table. Uh-huh. And you got to thank your staff. Oh, right. Thank your staff. Right. Always. Right. All right, so you got good that. Pointers. Good yeah. pointers. Go ahead, Sean. No, what do you mean by that? Thank your staff? Thank them. Oh, thank them. Tip. You got to tip them. Gratitude. Right. Tip them. Yeah. You got to show them some love. They're taking care of you. You got to take care of them. Then you get the bonuses. Yeah. Oh, then yeah. if you don't understand that, then you might as well turn off the show and stop driving because you you're probably even be out. You yeah, you shouldn't even be out if you don't yeah, understand yeah. that. Yeah, if you don't understand what was just said there, you might as well just kick it all in, give up, right? That's it. It's over for you. Okay. So. Where was like so your house? You had multiple houses. I had the one big house. And where was the one big house at? It was in Chatsworth. Yeah, a buddy and I got it together. And nice. It, Did it have a pool? It had a pool. All right. And was it like an NWA party every night over there? Like what was Not it? Not every night, but we had many parties. I mm-hmm. love it. Did you have any? Did anyone ever crazy like Eddie Murphy show up and just start doing rails off the banister or anything like that? Mm-hmm. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. No, but we had a stripper pole in uh, in the house for a while. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's and then good. okay, and then okay. So the, this is the high point. You're you're fucking doing it right. And, and you and then and then when does it start to seem like it's not working out or like when was the first yeah. cracks or how did it all come apart? I mean, when the money stops. How does that happen? Two thousand eight. Right. So what happened? What happened? Well, here you want to see some of the nasty stuff. There was yeah. so much that I saw during that time. I saw FBI raids. I saw these companies getting sh- shut down. Shut down. I saw, I mean, I saw the bribery. I saw how reps would come in, make that go through. Here's money to the people. I saw all the craziness. Did you see people go to prison? I saw them go to prison, yes. I know my first brokers are in prison. Um, Mortgage brokers. Mortgage brokers. Here's the one thing. I never changed my number. Right. I never, I had people signing their documents in my house. Like, I was fine. I could sleep at night, but right. I saw all that happening around right. me. I'm like, aren't you making enough not doing all that? Mm-hmm. Like, when is enough enough? 
how much do you really need? You start asking these questions. Right. So I'm like, I'm going to sleep at night. I'm, gonna, I'm doing good. I'm right. fine. I right. have enough. Look, I got, I got all this. Like, right. why do I need? I don't know what's happening over there. But then, yeah, 2008 comes, and guess what starts drying up? Everything. Right. All you had to do was have a pulse and breathe, and you qualified right. for mm-hmm. a lot of house. Let me ask you a question. Because I, I was an attorney that was part of class actions that sued option arm loan companies. Mm-hmm. Okay? Right? Because the, 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 I won't go in. It's boring. And it's not boring. It's interesting, but it's not this show. Negam loans. That's right. That's right. So I always thought, like, at the higher levels, we sued Wachovia, we sued all of the big names that mm-hmm. eventually got absorbed by other banks. So the question I've always thought about later was, it really wasn't, yes, there was some you know, bad boy, bad girl mortgage brokers and all that other kind of stuff, but somebody was pushing all that shit through. So that's what I would always say. Like People want to blame the brokers. Oh, you were a broker. They like to say those things. I'm like, someone turned the faucet on. Yeah. And then someone pushed it through and approved it. That was way up higher. Do you have a theory as to why somebody was pushing bad loans through? Oh, greed. Greed, greed, greed. How did they get paid by this? How would they get paid? How do they get? How does somebody who's pushing negative loans, bad loans through, how do they get paid? Well, if we're looking at what banks are, they're just looking at their arbitrage. So what are they trying to create? If you loan out money at X and then you can loan it out at X and people are borrowing at X, you're just creating more return for these banks. Right. And then, I don't know if you saw the movie The Big Short, that yeah. explained it very well, but yeah. they started repackaging all these loans. They'd right. sneak in a f- few good ones. Right. And then subprime loans were now recategorized into something else and then resold and resold and resold. As investments. Yeah. Tranches. And then who who got the bad end of that? Investors, but a lot of people that invested into funds that bought these things. Like right. it's this whole pension plans. Yeah. So my thought was it was pushed through in part for the greed, but also because I think they were the powers that be were trying to dry up and fuck up these pensions that still were required to pay off. So if they bought bad investments and the pensions died, then all of these people who had worked for 20, 40 years for counties and all this other shit, they couldn't count on that pension benefit anymore. That's mm. gone. That's what I think. In part of redistributing land a little bit. That's dirty. That's what I think it was. I could see. Well, all, so I'm going to go a little ahead. When yeah. I came into finance, you start learning things like, you know who invented the 401k and why? Who? I mean, at the government, basically. Right. It's a tax incentive now, but you're yeah. paying taxes later. They're right. going to get their money anyway. Right. And there's nothing wrong with paying taxes. This isn't about not paying taxes. I agree with you. But you could do a lot of planning, and people don't realize that, oh, if I don't pay taxes now, I get it later. I'm like, you know you're pulling it out and paying taxes. Right. You're not ever going to not pay taxes. That's right. the problem. There's no free money. Mm-hmm. Right? Correct. And that's what started taking away from these pensions and these other things because this was an incentive for people to start funding these things to get tax breaks, and then we could still pay our taxes in due time. Right. So the House of Cards comes down, and what do you have to do? Like, what happens to your house? What happens to your boats and all that other shit? The club table? So I was always raised that, like, your credit is everything. Right. Man of your word. You pay your bills. So I start all this stuff happening and then i start seeing that income's not coming in so i'm like oh what do i need to start doing i started unloading everything right so like of course i sold the boat i sold the stuff i short sailed the home but never missed the payment so like 
the house was almost up to a million dollars. I sold it for four twenty-five. Yeah. Lost a lot of money on that Damn. one. Damn. But I didn't miss a payment. I never foreclosed. So nothing was ever late on anything. Like it was it's the risk of doing business. We take risks as entrepreneurs and we take risks as making all this stuff happen. That's part of the game. You learn and you move on. And if you don't learn, that's a whole other conversation. Right. Mm -hmm. You mean if you declare bankruptcy four times well, yeah. and then you eventually become the president and then you eventually don't learn a lesson? That's a whole other thing. <laughs> it's another episode. Um, but then there's ways of like multiple S-corps. But right. anyway. Right. So, right. so I sold everything. Eventually, I did do bankruptcy. I did file Chapter 7. Right. But at that point, it was only credit card debt, and it was business debt. So right. I walked in, sent my paperwork. Judge is like, yeah, this is clean and legit. Right. You're free to go. Right. Um, which was amazing. But obviously, that takes a hit to your credit, mm -hmm. and you have to rebuild again. Right. But I got rid of everything. They saw how active I was. Like, I spent, as much as I made, I saved half of everything. So okay. I, had, I had a lot of accounts with cash in it. And that's how I paid for everything and continued paying everything until I had nothing because that was the right thing to do. Right. I know a lot of people that still did all kinds of weird stuff, still have their houses, and all this. I don't know how... Anyway, another, right. another thing. But so I started unloading everything. I saw it, did go through bankruptcy. And then in 09, I'm like, what am I going to do with my life? So let me ask you this. At your lowest point in, that, in, in all of that, right? Um, what don't people really understand about what it means to lose everything? I mean, you kind of basically, your ego was just shattered. <clears throat> and so how does that feel? What don't people understand about how real that was for you? The conversations that you have through your head, the it's a little it's different for everyone. I think what they don't realize it's the climb back up, I think, really. Having the fortitude and the wherewithal to be like, okay, this happened, and I could sit here, I could stay a victim. And right. I could stay like, oh well, mm -hmm. I learned my lesson and now right. I'm here and I gotta go get a cubicle job mm -hmm. and just make my 60k a year and be safe right which that's definitely not safe either right but the climb back up and knowing like look i did it once i could do it again right okay so i don't have credit cards right now okay i can't do all the things right now yeah you know life is short but uh, i like to say that it's a marathon at a sprinter space right so you want to sprint through it but it's still a marathon right mm -hmm. So, but I mean, the conversations you're personally having, so it's, gen, it's, it's, you're saying everyone has a different thing. I totally agree with that. But for you, because I think it's important for people to understand, because like some people are going to look at you, listen, let's just fucking cut the shit. Some people are going to look at Ruben Rojas and be like, if I look like that and I had that personality and I had an artistic ability and I also had science ability, I could lose everything and not and just be like, well, I can say I don't rebuild. They might short sell mm -hmm. your struggle. True. Like, so how real was your struggle at the bottom? Like, how long did you stay there before you talked to yourself to like getting back to work? So at the same time, going through all this, then I happened to have a wet reckless happen. Ah. Right through all this, you get into that, and that adds another damper on the situation. Right. You know, now your car insurance is double. Right. You're going to these other classes. You're paying another 10K in fines. Right. Yes. Fuck. You know, and... Did you say to yourself, like, wow, I'm really fucked up right now? There was a... I'll tell you this. There was a point where I... They're like, you could do community service. You can pay for this or you can go to jail. 
So I said, okay, well, I'm going to do community service. Like, jail's not even an option. Right. And then I go do a day or two of community service. I'm like, this is brutal. They pay you nothing for what you're doing. Yeah. And then they lose my paperwork and my credits. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I, for like a full week at that point. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to figure out how to pay this. But I shit you not, the, the thought went through my head like, well, if I just go to jail for 30 days, this right. gets wiped away. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a thought. It's like, that's a quick, easy solution. Granted, I would never want to go to that position. That's going to... F- I had the wherewithal to continue to be like, well, that'll be on me forever. Like, I can't get rid of that. Right. And I voluntarily chose that. No, that's not even an option. But to even think that or to be in court and you start rationalizing that the system at the lowest level is broken and keeps us in there. You get, I got a parking ticket that doubled and then doubled. And all of a sudden it's a thousand dollars. I'm like, wait a minute. Cause I couldn't pay it at the hundred dollar point. How am I supposed to pay it at the thousand dollar point? That doesn't make any sense. Steve, is, is what he's saying making any sense to you? 100%. 100%. Sense. Right. Yeah. Right. Where, and then you, you know, start thinking I, it, like... It does. I mean, I uh, I definitely... I went in one time. I went in and it was supposed to be for like a week to wipe off fucking, I don't know, 4,000 in warrants. And they were bullshit warrants. That escalated warrants. Right. I just went in. But that's not normal thinking and... And yeah, I mean, for, for, really but for you, that was like the shortest distance between two points. You're like, fuck it, four thousand yes, dollars or a couple of people, days. People, I had friends around me. that were like, what the fuck, are you? How the fuck? What the fuck are you thinking? Right. You know, like yeah. it, it isn't. But you know, he had the forfeiture to to know that. So go on, go on. Uh, okay, so okay, so it got to. So what you're saying is, so how long? Were, first of all, what was the community service that they wanted you to do? I there was a park somewhere in Chatsworth, and I was. <laughs> Picking up stuff and gardening, like all I don't know, and it was hot. (laughs) I just I didn't know what was happening. It's like okay, I gotta go check into this. You you gotta wear a little orange vest, then yeah, I didn't have to do that. (laughs) It wasn't on the highway. Ruben Rojas, this is Ruben Rojas. There's certain level he doesn't go down to. I was one time I had to do community service Uh one time, and uh, they gave me like options. You know what I mean, like what to do, and one of them was to work at like a. It wasn't a Salvation Army, but it was like a Salvation Army type shop. And so it was consignment furniture and all this other kind of stuff. So I picked that. It seemed pretty easy. I did not want to be on the side of the fucking freeway. Like, because mm-hmm. I laugh. I mean, I know I shouldn't laugh, but I drive by and I see those people and I'm like, damn, that looks fucked up. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to the consignment. So I went there for like a month. I was working at this consignment shop. But I got to tell you, man, they didn't pay me anything. I didn't get paid anything. There was just credits on the thing. And, dude, people, we would just, like, walk around. I think that if they could have harnessed the amount of energy we put into not doing anything at Mm -hmm. this place, they could have powered the sun. Because, like, we would all just be there supposedly helping out, but we would just get lost in the warehouse and then disappear and then start playing games in the back. And they'd be like, and then, I mean, it was, it was crazy. The whole system was fucked up. It wasn't mm. community service at all, I don't think. But in any event, I got through it. But here's the kicker with all that. Those thoughts that went through my head, you know, I didn't grow up in a family that needed, right? We, my parents did well. They provided for us. I went to private school to mm. even think that is what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. I get it. I talk to people like, well, I came from here. Right. And that's all I know. That's mm-hmm. one thing. But to not come from there and then think that? During the, low point, make any sense. During yeah. the low point, did your parents pull you aside and put you in a headlock and say, like, what the fuck's going on? 
No, no. I mean, I, I moved back in with in my mom's place, and my brother lived there at the time. Uh-huh. So that was good. I, I got to have that. Yeah. And I kept my car. So that's all I had. But but you didn't. No one gave you a heart heart to heart talk. I think, like, hey. no, because they said you'll figure it out, and they believed in me and trusted in me. Most of these conversations were internal. Sure, I didn't right. talk about it. Right. I didn't express it. I'm not right. as vulnerable as I am now as I was back then. This is sure. all internalized conversations. Sure, yeah. So, Sean, are you listening to this? So, listen, Mr. Rojas uh, had a bump in a road. Was living high. Lost everything. Uh, and then his type of family, the family he comes from, Sean, they're like, don't worry about it. You'll figure it out. Can you relate to that, Sean? Does your family say to you, like, ah, don't worry about it. Come live with me, son, and you'll, we'll figure it out? I get, well, yeah, my my parents are just kind of like, you know, do whatever. You're on, uh, you know, I didn't really have a whole lot of guidance. Right. Think, And the reason why I'm bringing this up is not to say that Mr. Rojas, Ruben had it easy. I'm not saying that. It's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is I'm showcasing that we got to take seriously sometimes the family cultures we come from. Because Ruben got to go to a place where he got support, which is what we, we want our families to do. Mm-hmm. Steve, for you, would you have, did you have that kind of support where you could just come home and your, your family would be there and say, like, hey, you know, don't worry. We'll figure it out. Um, I mean, that happened when my dad was sick. At late in the game I went over there to be with them yeah and they really wanted me to be there but I didn't go back home after I left when I was 19. I can tell you right now my dad uh, uh one time this is a true story I opened my door and a bus knocked my door off <laughs> <laughs> true story I parked I parked and you know how the buses are in LA yeah, yeah, yeah. I pulled on the fucking took your door off dude I opened the curb like I put curb parking i open the door and throw it open it just all i heard was like metal screeching and i just didn't even understand what was going on because it was right next to my face right. the fucking bus knocked my door off and went right by and when i told my dad what happened he's like that's it don't ever call me again <laughs> <laughs> he's like what the fuck's the matter with yeah, you yeah, what kind yeah. did you look in your mirror i'm like who looks in there nobody all right. The reason why I'm saying this, though, is not to say that you had it easy because I don't think that. But I am saying that you had some kind of support. Yeah. Right. That enabled you to start making some transitional choices. Yeah. I, I'm also acknowledging it because I want to acknowledge my parents. Of and, course. And the support I have. It would be it'd be a disservice not to acknowledge. Right. It. Well, sometimes people get into a whole thing of like, well, I had it worse than you. Motherfucking. That was exactly what I was going to say right now. Go ahead. Was that every like. I just get so tired of hearing how hard everybody had it. And then sometimes it's it's just like, what I don't hear is I don't hear anybody own. What I don't hear often is people own that they had it good. That they had it, they had, you know, things at their disposal. They were provided a certain set of solutions or, or whatever it might be. I mean, I don't understand why, you know, my son, my son talks about it. He says, yeah, man, I didn't go through the dad, life my dad I was raised on the north side of Santa Monica. We went da, 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 you know, like, was an athlete. Like, so he's, you know, one of the few people that just own it up front. Right. Hey, I ain't that. Right. I come from this, and this is, uh, you know what? Um, and so, but Ruben has kind of done that since he's been here. Kind of like not shied away from it, you know? Right. And it's like, I don't understand. Half of my rich friends? I don't understand the shit of not, of, of trying to play that down. Like, let's set out all the cards. Fuck what you think about it. Let's just tell the truth. 
Well, because most people are playing Don't be down. Apologize for it. Don't be anything. Just tell me how the fuck it was. Because they're playing it down because they know deep down in their hearts that everyone's going to be like, well, then you should be a lot further along. So that really uh, uh, must be your fucking problem. Ultimately, that is. So right. now somebody's ego is conducting how they're going to tell their story. Right. It's all edited by ego, and then we're not even doing it. Dude, with it would truth. be refreshing if one of my rich friends was like, you know what? I had it really good. I've got a few like that. Uh, anyway. So. Then you then get a job as a financial advisor. Is that right, Mr. Rojas? That is correct. And how long do, were you doing that? 10 years, so 09 to 19. A financial advisor. Yeah, I, call it, I say I'm retired from finance. Right. Retired Some people take that and like, wow, congratulations. Yeah. Like, no, no. <laughs> I know where you're coming from. Congratulate me for leaving. But not, right. Not because you think I'm yeah. Right. worth a billion dollars. Yeah. yeah. And during that time, though, right? your artist side is starting to talk to you or how does that work? What really so goes on? I, so I've always been an artist as right. far as I've always been drawing. When I was little, I used to draw comic book covers and things like really get into replicating the covers and, and practicing. And sure. You know, my mom would stick us in weekend oil painting classes or robotics Great. classes, yeah. things to keep us busy. Mm -hmm. um, and my mom has an artistic side as well. So that's always been there. But again, no one says, Go become an artist. Nobody says that. Right. Mm -mm. Gotcha. So, no, I was still not an artist yet. No, but you're a financial advisor, yeah. and the art's bubbling. It's always been there. Right. So how do you start? not bubbling yet. Well, so what does it do before it bubbles? Well, I go five years into finance. Then it bubbles. No shit. Yeah. So on that fifth year, what, what, what happens? What is your experience inside the financial advising aspect where you start where it can bubble? Like, what happened there? Ooh, well, there's another low point. Go ahead. Um, so here I am in 09. What am I going to do? At the time, my mom was like, well, try out financial planning and insurance. Like She worked for Northwestern. And a couple other people were like, you should get into insurances and financial services. It's good. And I'm like, okay, I guess this is what I'm going to do. And I go take the test at a few different companies. I pass the one at Mass Mutual, And I'm in. And I'm like, I look back. I'm like, wow, I just got in from one hard business to another hard business. Right. Again, self-employed. I've, right. never, I've never had a salary. Right. You know, like when I was a personal trainer, I had a, a, the base monthly, but you couldn't survive out there. I had to sell personal training. Mm -hmm. So I've never really had that job experience on yeah. the, I go to work, collect a check, go home. Yeah. So here I am in this, okay, it's me again, make or break it. And I start doing well. It's not easy. You know, nope. no one thinks they're going to die and no one thinks they need to save because mm -hmm. they're never going to be old and they're superheroes. Right. But we know that, that doesn't happen. So five years into that, I've done leaders conference. I've done different things. And I wake up and I'm like, yo, I'm in this business again where I'm chasing money. Right. And I don't want to be in that position. I learned from the last time that I was chasing money and dropped that this isn't how I want to live my life and sustain it. And I started waking up and not wanting to get out of bed, not wanting to go to work. I'm like, am I depressed? And I'm not trying to toy around with that because depression is real. But I was feeling it and having these come like... I hated it. I hated everything about it. Um, so Buddy at the time, he has a big hot podcast, and he's like, hey, I'm in this leadership workshop. Let's grab some coffee. I'd love to share it and, and see if you want to go. And I'm like, sure, let's grab the coffee. It's like right place, right time. I am miserable in what I'm doing. I'm feeling depressed. Like I can't go on like this for the rest of my life. And in one ear – you're, the GM is like, dude, you could be one of the best that's ever done this. Like, you are good. 
how hard is that when internally you are not feeling it, but on the outside everyone's telling you like, oh, you're going to do big. You just keep going, sonny boy. We got you lined up. It's hard because I don't want to disappoint that person. Right. But then inside is like, I'm not, I, I can't sell out to myself. And there's like this whole, I'm a very loyal person. So it's like really hard. Like I'm loyal to these customers, my agency, the GM. But then I started looking at if 10 years down the line I'm married and I'm looking at my clients too, making all this money and I'm trading time for money and then maybe I'm miserable because I was at the time and then I'm divorced and then my kids resent me. Right. But I made you all this money and I gave you this whole life. I'm like, that's not, I didn't want that. So I'm like, I'd rather be happy, have experiences and not have all that money and have a relationship and have my marriage and have my kids. So I looked at what was one versus the other. So back to that coffee meeting, I said, yeah, sure, let's try it out. So I signed up for this leadership workshop. It's a lot of internal work, a lot of just diving into all this which, stuff. Which one was it? It's called MITT. Um, we know that one. We Sean and I went to a leadership one called ALA, Ascension Leadership Academy. Okay. And I think one of the folks that runs that went through MITT. Is it ALA in San Diego? Yeah, you know it? I know them. You, Jenna Jen, and Brad. Yeah. They're my clients. So they were above me in the same class that Lewis signed me up. Get oh, the shit. fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah they're, they're my clients now, and I went through their program, swear by them, the great people, mm -hmm. really nice people. They moved to Austin. Yeah, is that what I just saw on Facebook? Yeah. So if I say, guess what? I just had a Ruben Rojas. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. I would love that. Yeah, yeah. I love those guys. Those are the, They're the best. And Small they know me world. when I was in finance, and they've seen right. all this, too. I love it. So you do the work. Right. You go in, you do the work, you face all these things. Wait, like, did you do, so did you, when that leadership program, I'm, we won't say what it is because it ruins it for other people if they know what it is, but did you do all the different modalities? I went it? all the way through. Oh, I love it. I yeah. love that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're going to talk to you after, uh, when we get off the thing. All right. So anyway, you went through that whole thing, right? And then? In that... You know, I start realizing all these things. I'm like, at first you're like, oh, I'm going to walk through all these conversations. I'm going to go back into finance and just crush it because now I'm dealing with my demons. Right. Wasn't the case. Um, halfway it. through it, through the third part of it, yeah. uh, I met my buddy Evan Meyer, who is the founder of Beautify Earth. He saw me sketching on a piece of paper because... We all do a hoodie that matches when everyone kind of graduates. And yeah. I was, so I'm like, I'll design yeah. the hoodie. Yeah, I got a hoodie. Yeah, so I designed right. the hoodie. He's like, we got to put that on a wall. So he's like, I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, we got to make that a mural. And I'm like, okay. And uh, we designed the mural. That was our community service project. There's a hoodie. And that was the first mural. Right. And on the left, it says, who will you be? On the right is all these ways of being. Instead of feeling unworthy and depressed and not taking responsibility, it says, be a leader, be responsible, freedom, love, joy, grateful, humble, and all those ways of being. Right. So from day one, that was the birth of Live Through Love. It took a bunch of years later to really figure out what I was doing, but that yeah. was just all that was coming out of me. So that's when the art started bubbling up. Right. So that's five years in. Art bubbles up. You get a chance to put the mural up, right? Mm -hmm. And it's about... Now, let me ask you this. Why... I know why love. I've heard you say it a million times on the internet and all social, but really, honestly, why love? Why was that something you keyed in on? So... Without giving anything away, there was a point where I had to stand up and say, I am something. And I yeah, yelled, yeah. that's what I yelled. Everyone did the thing. 
But because I say there's two things. We operate out of love or we operate out of fear. That's it. Me too. As human beings, we make everything else up. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, there's things we feel physically anxious and worried and this and that. But that's all under fear. And then over here, we're happy and joyful and grateful. And that's all out of love. Both are active states. Physically, your body responds the same way. Right. Think back the first time you went in and kissed a girl. Okay. What did your body feel? I mean, excitement, nervousness, butterflies, maybe a little bit of clamminess, like sweat, right? right. The temperature rises. Right, right. Goosebumps, right. all right. kinds of things. Yeah. Think back the first time or right when you thought you were about to get into a fight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's another Adrenaline. type of euphoria. Yeah. Each one of these are euphoria. Same feelings, <laughs> yeah. right? Heart rate, sweat, clammy, yeah. nervous, right. goosebumps. So we're physically responding to it the same way. It's how we interpret it. So the meaning, the meaning we assign to those correct. physical uh, uh, feelings. Mm-hmm. So right. why love? Why? See, when I'm talking about love, it's about an active state and it's not easy. I mean, I wake up and I look at things this way, but I'm like, am I being a victim? Am I falling under fear or I'm being proactive, right? right? Reactive or proactive. Right. Right. You turn on the news, you're reacting to everything. Yes, of course. Mostly if you're operating in a fear, right. if you're operating out of love, you turn on the news. Let's just take voting for example. It's a go hot ahead. ticket right now. Ooh. So you tell people, go vote. We all have platforms. I don't care who you vote for. That's not my prerogative, not my agenda. Go vote. Just do it. So when the president won in 2016, all people around me were up in arms and sad and this, and they were walking downtown LA, not my president. And I'm like, okay, cool. I want to figure this thing out. And I wasn't asking you, why do you think that or this? I just said, did you vote? Right. More times than not, people said no. Right. Then what are you doing out here? Right. You gave up your right to go protest. You gave up your right to do anything when you chose not to vote. That was your opportunity to voice this feeling that you have inside of you. Mm-hmm. So I think there's this whole notion around the entitlement we put on other people taking action for us. So true. And, you know, I think in a weird way, that's one of the positives of this presidency is that it has activated a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Right. He, I mean, it took a lot. It took this kind of a, this this payaso to create enough people to be upset about it, that it's record voting now. Mm-hmm. Record voting. Now, it's like, I don't know what it is. Ninety million people have already voted. I think we're 60, I think I just saw something, 66% or something ahead of the numbers of the last time, and we're not even at the election yet. Right. The yeah. election day on, right. on Tuesday. No, right. 50 million, now 60 million people have voted already. 90 yeah. million. 90 now? They finally counted it as 90. I'm looking at it right now. It's 90 million people have already voted. Now, how many people are in the United States? Like three, six, wait, 340? Something like that. 400, something like that. So one quarter amount, almost a quarter have already voted. Cause they they bro they're gonna have a third of people voting. If you have a third of society voting, that's a lot. That is a lot. And 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 so okay, so Ruben's like, man, uh, 2016, you're upset, but what did you do? Why I didn't vote? All right, well then you've given up your your ability to do something. Right, you You were a victim. Right, you gave your power away. So. Where did the design for, because when I look at all, a lot of your work, it's got love and a cursive handwriting and it's multicolored, right? It's very, it's beautiful. So where do you, where did you design it? How did it come about? So the first murals were all big words and, and phrases like 
the one I just talked about with love and gratitude and all that. Actually, my silhouette was in it, and yeah. all these words were coming out from my heart, and there was like a red heart within the words kind of hidden. Yeah. Kinda, it was very meta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, then the next one was anything can happen, anything can be. It's about living in possibility. Then you yeah. are beautiful. Yeah. And dreams and goals and so on and so forth. You see, you belong here and be humble and do what you love and all of that. In between all that, I started doing canvas work and I was just using love and I did lowercase and uppercase and script and this and that. If you look at the original loves, like from a long time ago mm-hmm. to what it is now, you're like, wow, you can see the evolution. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just came down with how do I make this simpler and simpler? Right. Right. And colors make us happy. They grab our attention. They bring memories. Right. They give you different things. And it just, you know, it's like, oh, colors. Let me look at that. And then, oh, I'm putting words in there. Like art is so subjective. I want you to know exactly what I'm trying to convey here. And we're all mirrors of each other. So half the time I'm talking to myself when I put a poem up or anything. When I did You Belong Here, that day I was painting that mural telling myself I belong here as an artist. Because I still questioned that. Right, like, right, what am I doing? Who's this art? Who's to someone else? And because I've seen multiple messages of this, they said, thank you, Ruben, for your art. You read I belong here and I didn't kill myself today. Right. So they mean things differently for everyone. And all I'm doing is opening the door and I want you to interpret it and apply it to your life on how you need it, how you want to use it. But based on what you're saying, then uh, this message, while it serves other people, it's really for you. Well, yeah. So you have to remind yourself about love. Totally. Always. Are you hearing that? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, when I hear that, I think to myself, you know, I, I mean, dude, this is just me thinking, so I don't know. I mean, what the fuck am I? I I'm thinking to myself, on the one hand, why would a Ruben Rojas, looking like you do, with your ability to talk as you do, with your mind that you have, the education that you got, right? Why would you have to remind yourself to stay out of fear? Why? What is it? Because we're all human. And we all have emotions. And we all go through the human condition. Yes, we're all born with different gifts, different ways we look, feel, all those things. Locations. But at the end of the day, we all need love. But we have to love ourselves first. Right? And we're always looking... That's too open. Let's say a lot of us, I know I am, I can speak for myself. We look for other things for validation, like buying things and owning things right? and awards and accolades. What's this going to look like? What's this going to feel like? What are they going to think about me? And if you just love yourself, then you're not worried about that so often and as much. Right. And do you, I'm going to ask you a real question. You, you could do what you want with it, but... Do you find that there's a hierarchy of artists and that some of them try to keep you out? Like they, they, they look at you and they go, well, anyone can write love. Or they, 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 are you, do you notice that some of them kind of like throw shade on you? You don't have to say who. I have a feeling. I, I, I've done this my own way. I didn't go through the whole, the right. circles, Traditional the things. Channels. I'm just yeah. doing what I'm doing. And I'm doing it for people. And I think the best way I can answer it, a lot of artists are doing things only for themselves and getting it out there. Whereas, yes, I'm reminding myself of the message that I'm doing, but I'm doing it for everyone else. And how people interact with my work and what I'm doing is what actually drives and fuels me and moves me forward. Like, I'm building a lifestyle. This is a, a, it's a movement. It's a way of 
expressing yourself and when more and more people love themselves the world's going to be better so it's way bigger than me right so to answer that i would say yes do i know anything direct no have i experienced certain things yes right i would imagine i would imagine steve listen i would imagine right let me put it to you this way maybe i can fucking paint Please a picture do. let me try to paint a goddamn picture around here i would imagine that there would be like some painter who you know either you know went to all the best art schools and and it wasn't easy right all the fucking she got yelled at by a venetian fucking teacher or whatever right or right was in new york when graffiti was nothing and fucking cut their broke their teeth trying to do all this shit right mm -hmm. now they finally made it you know to a certain extent and they you know they feel like they really fucking Right, and they, maybe they're not that handsome. Maybe their art was one of the ways that they got women, right? I mean, let's not fuck around. And I could just imagine that I'm like, I oh, 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 man, I fucking did just years of fucking, you know, farmer's markets, and now I'm finally fucking, right? And then, you know, I'm finally an artist, and then here comes Ruben Rojas, right, with love, and he's a handsome guy, and he was in finance, he got all the toys, and then realized, I'm not doing that, da 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 da, -da. And I gotta imagine that's gotta just, I would grind some of those artists' gears. What do you think about that, Steve? I think you're on fire. Keep on going. What do you think, Sean? Does that sound right? Yeah, it does sound right. I mean, you know, once you, you get to the top of the mountain, you see uh, someone who's um, you know, done something that connects with people uh, and kind of taking an express route. Right. Um, but not really. I mean, Ruben will say, we just heard, Ruben will say, look, I've been doing art since the very beginning, really. Right. And he's been offered this path that he took and that, because people are not going to know that, listen, for a guy like him, he had to go to MITT and he had to like look within himself, have a full breakdown, That's true. right? Yeah. Right? They're going to short they're going to short change. You know what? Now that we're talking, get out so I can look at this Ruben. I don't want to look at your face. I want to look at Ruben. Do, do people ever minimize your struggle because of how you look, Ruben? Do people look at you and then they go like, "Uh, you've had it easy, bro. You don't know what hard what it's really like out there." Like in the bubble, did you ever see that uh, indirectly, but no, not so much, or maybe I'm just I don't pay attention to it. <sighs> I probably didn't pay attention to it as much as I, sh you know. I mean, my wife says all the time she loves when women are hitting on me because I'm oblivious. Oh, right. I'm right, just right, how right, great right, is right, that? Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Huh. I get that. So not yep. to dismiss it, but not maybe right. I just wasn't. Dude, there are some real fat hairy dudes right now that they've never been hit on so much that they don't even know it's happening. Like, if a woman accidentally hit him on a train station, they're like, ooh, she might like me. That's how much they're too. This guy is like, I don't even know. How this, right, isn't that the right. sound of wind? Right. Yeah. A, but just, it's because I'm not thinking that that's where it's coming from. Right. right. I'm like, oh, let's have a genuine conversation. Right. right. There is a notion. I had for like, oh, she touched my arm. That means she wants to. Uh, yeah. I'm like, no, it doesn't. Doesn't mean that. <laughs> right, but a starving dog is always going to think about food. Uh, totally. When, when we used to go out in the clubs back in the day, I told my buddies, like, don't go out like dogs in heat. <laughs> Just be you and they will come. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. That's I why I tell Sean a, all the time. I think there's a, you know, I don't think I know from certain people, guests, and friends that we've had on. You know, man, I made, like, the early... Uh, 
the early 2000s, man, was, uh, you know, I was buying up homes and properties in the early 2000s. Oh, my God. You were driving around in that fucking amazing truck and just fucking. I lost, though. And I'm just building a $100 million company, bro. I don't Mm -hmm. have no high school diploma, any of that. I was building this shit up, and and I took, I took, I took tremendous. My friends will all tell you, man. Everybody knows my life and losses. And I'm talking about the tone of I'm on the couch, somebody's couch, and then rebuild it have it great again and then back to right. a rehab or whatever you know and yeah. you know yes there were a lot of things I learned through all those I I think it's all collective bro I think that through the whole process I gathered I learned that was my path um, I, I, so I'm the type of guy that I had to learn some things very the hard way but what I want to say is th- with some friends that are close to me that I've taken some life losses to lifetime losses of of some magnitude like myself there's a there's a there's a there's a humbling that comes with it that i think is worth is the silver lining like if you can make it through that all that there's a silver lining to that and that is your perception to the world man and you start to change what the fuck you're doing on this planet because you start to see you know I, I was finding I was finding the scary part not even when I started losing it when I had all the cars the penthouse pet engaged and fucking probably in my community mentorship programs you know really living up I remember I was sitting on the edge of my bed and it was in my my first property that I bought well we had the stakes yeah we had the stakes and I sat and I had four pairs of every new fucking Gucci shade and fucking that. And I, like, I had it all, right? Uh. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, and I felt this hole in my chest. I felt this hole that I've always had my whole life, this emptiness. And I remember like, I had everything that life could offer me at that point in time. And I'm not saying I had billions of dollars, but I had, ev- I, there wasn't anything that I could no longer not buy. The woman I'd always wanted, the relationship with my kids. Yeah, I saw oh. that woman. I saw that woman. And you were good. I sat there, I was good. Everything that I'd fought for, you know? Everything I wished for in, in, in prison. And I had this emptiness, man. And that emptiness, when I realized that I thought hole was still there, I say it to this day, man. It was one of the scariest moments because I realized there all my efforts on this planet and what they're about are for nothing, man. Like, that shit ain't going to get it. And not to say that I didn't get lost along the road again. Like you said, and you get back into that place and you're like, here I am again. The shit that kills me. The shit, the, the the person, I hate operating. I hate being engaged in just like that rat race fight for more brings out the worst in me and the worst in others. And I don't want it. And here I am. How did I end up here again? And through that and it happening four or five times in my life, it did bring me to a place in San Francisco where I was like, you know what? You know what, man? I want to start doing this. And I want, I'm going to start, you know what, for the last 20 years, I wanted to do this, I'm doing that. Mm. And, and like, began to open me up, and it's like, man, dude, this life is short. This life is really short, man. And who's in my life? Who am I having conversations? What are we manifesting in the way we talk, the way we live, the way we bring, come together? Um, and it was, there was a lot of toxic, fucked up shit that led nowhere. And so this whole talk that we've been having, like I'm sitting here listening, it all makes sense. And I think that 
it's through your losses, man. It, it is through those. And if you have the fortitude, I mean, like, I've lost a lot of shit. Chumahan will tell you. But somewhere in my life, there was, like, the, the thing, like, get up. Mm. You can, like, a belief. I can do, I can get back up. I've been through that. And that's what brings me to the occasion. And I think it's that. And when we start to identify that and validate that, nothing can take us out. You know, start really, like, man, I the fucking relationship gonna take me? How's this gonna take me? How's some money gonna take me? Like, um, I think that's when we start taking chances and we start living free, man. That's the freedom I want. That's kind of what I'm hearing from Rubens had to go through. Right. A lot of different things. Because he walks in and you see him and it's like, it's real wavy for this guy. Right. He just decided I want to be an artist. Right. Right? Right. Like, sit down, artist. Fucking sit down on that couch. We're gonna talk to you, artist. Right. And then he starts to talk about his life, man. Right. You know, and what he's had to go through. And for somebody to sit here, I hate being the only motherfucker saying, I had to lose everything. It's down to two trash bags. You know? <laughs> but to hear you say it, man, and be like, this is how it happened, man. Thought I was uh I thought I was that guy. I was balling. I was balling. I was and on then that horse. No more. <laughs> right. So it's good, man. It's good. It's good to hear. Well, the reason dude. why I wanted to bring that out or at least talk about it too was because because I also think, you know, we talk to a lot of artists, okay? We do, right? We talk to Riz, yeah, we talk yeah. to Robert Stanish, we talk to Zelda, we talk to fucking Vile One, no, no, no. And I love artists. I love them. I fucking love him. Wait a minute, wait a minute. This dude was a linebacker, bro. And with that, I'm saying every fucking artist that we bring on, like, where did they ever get the term that artists are soft? Because all our artists would step outside and break your ass off something, probably. No, no, At no, least no. give you a run for your money, bro. No, hey, think about that. It's true. Robert Standish, right, everybody. Right. That's true. Although it's a societal Western sort of construct, which is that. The artist generally, you know, even comic book artists, right? Like the comic book artist is a nerd and he's a skinny little dude that, or a woman that's like, you know, fucking locked in a room drawing little diagrams of muscular men. But the point <laughs> of the matter is, is, um, it, but the thing to me is that there's also kind of a, and I love artists. I do. I, I always have. I don't know why. I don't know why. But the thing is, is, there's a also so there's the artists that we generally talk to, which are these guys and gals that are, and this includes Ruben, which are people who live like a reg, real life and they struggle and they don't nest. They didn't plan to set themselves up right. to be an artist, artist right? right? An artiste, right? So I, the artists that I'm kind of talking about really are more of the ones that had already planned that out. Like I am going to be an artiste and I'm going to be in. You know, the fine art, the mocha, I'm entitled to be there and I've gone through the proper classes and the proper channels and I've done the proper shit. And so as a result, I'm going to be here and I'm best friends with the fucking eccentric curator that's, you know, right, right, whose right. name is Stenfangali, you know, Girardi. And he's going to be like <laughs> flipping shit all Right. And I feel like those folks might be a little bit like more clannish and establishment artists that might look at somebody like a Ruben Rojas or, or even some of the other folks and say like, well, that's not that's not real art. I mean, that's cute what you're doing and that's interesting what you're doing. But that's and they're the ones claiming like defining art in the same way, in the very same way, Steve, that there might be some fashion people. That might say like you know absolutely. what fucking streetwear is not right. I mean that's not ex that's not, yeah you can anybody can make a t-shirt yeah, but I mean, have some kind of weird fucking you know androgynous person walk your shit down the fucking thing in 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 France then you, we can talk you know they, yeah. so 
I wanted to bring it out what what he went through because lately I've been feeling like you know what fuck nerds I'm gonna say it I know it's not popular <laughs> I know it's not popular but I'm gonna say fuck nerds because and I'm gonna tell you why, why, why I'm gonna why, fucking why. tell you why because it's now time for revenge of the jocks there was a time when jocks ruled Ruben. <laughs> there was a time when jocks ruled and there was a movie called revenge of the nerds yep. and the nerds were like you need a new establishment yeah. and it better be the nerds and you know why because nerds are sensitive we're intelligent and we're going to fix everything right and so then the nerds took over silicon valley right we're like okay the nerds are now the masters right. great this is great because they know what it's like to be shit on they got beat up by jocks supposedly da 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 da, da right and then what happened? It's the same shit, maybe worse. The nerds have not solved anything. If anything, they've sold us out to the NSA. <laughs> and they're sexually harassing women just as much as anybody else. Don't get it yeah, fucking yeah, twisted. Yeah, yeah. So now I sit to myself, I go, these fucking nerds sold us out. Half of the people that want to be nerds aren't even nerds. Yeah. They're jocks that want to be nerds, right? Yeah, or yeah. they're fucking whatever. There's not real nerds. Right, right, and so I'm right. sitting there and I go, God damn it. The nerds were not a solution. And I want to bring out somebody that maybe, like, his experience explodes a lot of categories. Okay? He's a jock. He's an artist. And he's a certain kind of artist. But he also was in financial, uh, you know, the financial world doing advice and all this other kind of stuff. So where do you put Ruben? Where do you really locate that guy? Where do you really say to a guy like that? And then... Once he fucking gets established a little bit more as an artist, what's his main goal? Like, where are you going to put him? Is he fucking, you know, Picasso Van Trieff and he's walking around <laughs> buying dinners with a fucking drawing on a napkin? <laughs> no. He's walking around saying... That'd be badass if you could just draw a little portrait of somebody here. That's what Picasso was doing. That's dope. He man. did. He would fucking run up huge bills and then just be like, hold on. And then he would draw like some shit on his thing. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. But he's putting love on things, right? He's not overcomplicating it. He's had to simplify even the way he wrote love. Think about that. That's, a, that's an interesting thought. That's an interesting way of, that's an interesting approach. So I feel like the great thing about what Ruben brings to this show and this episode is that um, he's exploding some categories. And it's funny, too, because you can still hear the hot guy in him a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when he's like, well, girls are hitting on me. I don't even notice it. My, my wife's the one that tells me. And I'm like, well, I'm not even focused on that. I've had so much, you know, amazing vag. I don't even think about it anymore. <laughs> so that's how you take it out of context. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, did you ever see that? Uh, fi was it, is it Fifty Rock? Is that what? It, what's the show with Liz Lemon and uh, Thirty Rock? Did you ever see the Thirty Rock when John Hamm, when John Hamm was on? So John Hamm comes on and he's hanging out with Liz Lemon, and uh, he doesn't know he's a bad uh, tennis player because he's so hot that all the women want him to teach them how to play tennis. <laughs> Right. And she's like, he's the worst. And she tells Alec Baldwin this, right? And Alec Baldwin goes, no, he's in the bubble. And she's like, what? 
He's like, he's in the bubble. He doesn't know. He's so, he's like, Alec Baldwin's like, I was in the bubble for about 20 years before I got on. <laughs> and he's like, when a man is in the bubble, he doesn't know what's really going on because he's so hot. He has no idea what's going on. <laughs> and she's like, I'm going to, this is a travesty. I'm yeah. going to burst the bubble for him. And he's like, don't do it. It's going to be bad. Don't try to tell him about reality. So does your <laughs> wife, does your wife try to burst your bubble? Does she ever tell you like, hey man, no. you're, you're, you're not at all. She never tells you how it really is. I have or never heard of this bubble it's hilarious <laughs> you haven't heard of it because everyone's keeping you in the, he's in the bubble he's in the bubble <laughs> of course he doesn't bro he's actively in the uh, bubble next time you come in i want your wife to come in i want to hear her perspective of what it's like um where did you meet her bumble no shit yep. bumble really holy That's fuck that is crazy yeah. And you just you read her description and you were like, wow, okay, this is interesting. Or well, there's a lead up to it. So my buddy's like, I'd broken up with this girl, and he's like, dude, it's time, it's time. <laughs> right, right, right. I'm just gonna create this profile for you. Um, and then on her end, she was on a one year hiatus of dating, and her <laughs> friend said it's time and created a profile for her. Okay. Um, she was on a few days. I was on a couple weeks. But uh, we were each other's first and last date on Bumble. So we're batting a thousand on Bumble. Yeah. So how into the dating did you realize, like, oh, Z, this is the one? From the get-go. Where did you guys have your date at? The commissary uh, in West Hollywood, the coffee commissary. We yeah. had, like, a two-and-a-half-hour coffee date. No yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and she was pleasantly surprised. She wasn't catfished. She, she, you looked like the pictures you had put up there. <laughs> and, vice, and vice versa. And vice versa. Right, right. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. He, no, on his was... Instagram, he's got some beautiful pictures of him and his wife. And like, I think one might even be your wedding day. You guys are wearing white. Mm -hmm. and there's these beautiful rocks. Red yeah, rocks we had a, you. a white wedding in Greece. I love it. And where in Greece? Mykonos. Yeah. I. You know what? I worked in uh, Santorini for like a month on mm -hmm. the island of Santorini. Mm -hmm. Sean, you're shaking your head. What are you shaking your head about? I, I just want to go to Greece so bad. It's, yeah, it's beautiful. Me too. Yeah, it's beautiful. And the octopus. Oh. Uh, the food, right? Amazing. Yeah, uh, it is good. Greece is beautiful. I, what? So, what's going on with you right now, man? Yeah, what are you what, doing right pull now? Pull us up to speed. Yeah, people want to know about where how do they you're throw at? money what's at up? you? What, what's where the can deal? we put your murals up? Pull Wait, us what? up to yeah, speed. Come on. Um, how can you throw money at me? Easy. Duffel bags of cat. No, just. <laughs> um, what am I up to? A bunch of things. Um, twenty twenty has been a really interesting year, right? This is yeah. This is another year that tests everyone. A lot of people are in dire straits. A lot of people are thriving. And then there's people that are choosing choosing to thrive. And I say it that way because it's a choice to want to succeed and move forward or sit. It's easy. There's, right? There's, but right? Right? That's 100 speaking percent. your language right now. Energy's a choice, motherfucker. Energy's a choice. Let's go. So... Um, the clothing line's launched. It's about a year old now. You know, I started with a couple T-shirts and then some hoodies, and then COVID hits. So I'm like, I started hearing people at the beginning of March, like, I don't want to put on a, a bandana or right. a mask and look like a cholo or a bandit. I'm like, really? That's what you think? Like, That's fucked up. Let's see how I can figure out how to make some masks. I don't know. Mind you, I never worked in this space. I don't know anything about clothing. I'm figuring mm -hmm. it out. I'm like, well... Okay, I could print some t-shirts, and then I could cut the t-shirts up and have someone sew them. So the first rounds of masks were actually t-shirts cut into masks, dual-layered, like 
Super high end, very expensive. I lost a lot of money on the first one, <laughs> but I employed people. They got to, you know, and it was cool and people were safe. And then it went to round two and round three. So I've been able to put a lot of masks out in the world um, awesome. where people can actually go out and be like, okay, it's got love on their face instead of whatever, whatever else. else. Right. So the clothing's really doing well. Um, art, prints, murals. I mean, I'm whatever. I'm all over the place. I, I try to do as much as I can. It's just me too. I don't have like this huge entourage or team or it's me and my wife. My wife helps fulfill the orders. And I'm running around like a crazy man. Like, it's a lot of work. I think that's that's the part that a lot of people don't understand, don't understand. either. The amount of work. Like, I get up at 6. I train in the morning. That's the non-negotiable. And then right. my day goes all over the place, wherever it takes me. Right. And then we also have Beautify Earth. And what we're building out with the nonprofit turned into a tech platform, which is a marketplace for murals. So landlords could upload walls. Artists could upload resumes. And they connect with each other. Right. Oh. Marcel works for this guy. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah. yeah, they do huge. They're just painting the whole city, bro. Right, because cities all over the world. I heard, I heard Ruben say something like, you know, why the fuck is everything like beige and gray? Like, yeah, why do we yeah, need yeah, that? Why yeah. don't we have it be fucking awesome, perfect spaces for beautiful art? Why aren't yeah. we doing it? Yep. And it's as simple as like, do you want to put up four triangles? It's better than beige and boring. Right. It's better than the typical. So yeah, no, we've done a ton of stuff with Cell. I've painted some murals with Cell. Um, keeps him busy and a lot of other people busy. So like that's yeah. everything's about moving art forward, right? And so this is the final question I have for you. Since you're in leadership, love, artist, all this other stuff, where are we going in this culture? Where are we going in this American culture? Where 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 do you see us going in the next ten years? I like to think, and from what I see, is that there is somewhat of a renaissance coming and like artists are starting to be lifted back up and being brought up to being brand leaders and ambassadors for a lot of these companies that are out there i see a lot of people getting woke mm -hmm. and actually starting to take responsibility but i still see a lot of the other stuff it all comes to us if we take personal responsibility then only you can let you down you can't be let down by anybody else you know, so that I think is really important. And that starts with people are voting now, right? What happened in 2016, now they're voting. That's a shift toward that. Mm -hmm. And if we continue going down that path and realizing like people came here for the American dream, it still exists. Why do immigrants come here and crush it? Because they work, they put in the work and they want to, you know, it's the long game. Don't take shortcuts. I love that. That's the next Don't fucking t-shirt. Don't take shortcuts. That'll be a super max shirt. Yeah, don't take shortcuts. No shortcuts allowed. No shortcuts allowed. I love it. And say no to short deals. Sometimes it's like, well, we'll pay you this right now. Like, yeah, but that's not going to feed my long-term vision, so I'm going to say no. Right, 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 right. Yes. Invest in yourself. And there's enough, right? There's like, more than enough to this go is, around. This goes, <laughs> this goes out to like just artists and everyone in general, anyone in this creator space. There is enough out there. Yeah. There is enough. Find your niche. Find your audience. Don't look at other people and either be in comparison because that's the theory of happiness or point fingers and say, like, why him? Why her? And not me. There is someone there for you and you could find it and blaze it. And don't worry that someone else is taking your opportunity. Right. Plus, if we all have different styles, people like all kinds of different art and things. Right. People don't collect just one artist. That's true. So. Operate in abundance. Exactly. Plenty of abundance. 
All right. Uh, give us the website and the plug, Ruben, for people to find you. Website's RubenRojas.com, R-U-B-E-N. Instagram, at Ruben Rojas. Uh, Twitter's the same. Everything's the same. It's all my name. Beautiful. 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 Um, Sean? Sean at HardLuckShow.com for all your audio needs. Very good. I want to give a shout out to a couple of fans. El Juan 80. Keep driving that truck, buddy. Fucking love that guy. Games 323. Uh, Kama Yatar play. Hey, listen, you want me to shout you out? Sometimes I'm going to, because some of your guys' fucking handles are crazy. Right. Uh, what? Shout out to Guatemala. Yeah. Shout out to Guatemala for producing my wife and, and half of my well, Not only that, oh. we're like... Uh, you got I, a lot of listeners in Guatemala. Yeah, we're like number 33 or something in Guatemala. Just because, you know why? Because Pastor Julio Gomez, who's my fucking uncle in Guatemala now, he's fucking pushing the show. <laughs> right. Pastor Julio Gomez! Listen, te amo mucho, amigo. Uh, let's see, Ovando Bowen, all your legal needs. It's the firm that makes your enemies squirm. Call me up. <laughs> I'll fucking, I'll protect you. I know exactly what to do. And I won't waste your time or money. And I'm bringing my braids. And I'm bringing, hey, that's our braids, our to, court. braids to court. We wear yeah. braids to court. Yeah. Freak them motherfuckers out. Big shout out to uh, Soul Assassins and uh, the Cookies family. Burner, Vibes. Give me you guys DJ a Mugs. shout out. Mugs. Hey, when's Everlast. Mugs coming on when's the show? Mugs coming on we're the show? The, we'll have Mugs on here within the next month. Nice. Perfect. Um, uh, Supermax, Supermax clothing, Supermax hardware is available. Yeah. www.supermaxhardware.com yeah. at Supermax hardware. Come check us out. We'll be uh, launched over at Brooklyn Projects on Monday. The website's up now. Um, and keep your eyes and ears open for Hard to Kill H2K. Right. And keep listening to the Hard Luck Show. Ruben Rojas, thank you very much. Thank for you, down. man. Thank you for making the time to come down and share part of your journey with us. Thank and you for I having hope, me. I hope you get to, you come back and take another invitation to come back again. And uh, with the wife, we support you, man. Yeah, bring we'll Z. Bring Z and your little new, your, your maybe your your new addition pretty soon, right? He's coming February. Hey, February. congratulations, man. man. Thank well, congratulations, you. you guys listening. Ruben Rojas, keep an eye out for him. And like we do at this time, adios amigos from the Hard Luck Show. Yeah.